Good evening and welcome to On Frame Radio, conversations about art in Saskatoon. You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon or streaming live around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. You can also listen to past episodes on iTunes. This is your host Alejandro. For tonight, we have our guest for tonight is Cole Thompson. He's a university student graduating this year from urban planning and also a degree in arts. He's been working as assistant curator and working in different galleries in the city. So welcome, Cole. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get involved in the arts and how you get introduced to curatorial practices? Well, for me, uh, my involvement in the arts really started uh, basically during my f first years in university. I became interested in urban planning practice. Uh, through that, I became interested in art history as well, just the link between architecture and art history and social social studies and social history. So I really became interested in art almost through philosophy of art. And uh, that that's really what sort of fueled my interest in cur curatorial practice as well and curatorial studies. So what uh, you said, philosophy of art, what is that? So uh, philosophy of art is really the questions about uh, what is or is not, uh, not art or what is good art, what is bad art and I think those conversations uh, I, I was really really just sort of gravitated towards those kind of studies and I think that that is really what uh, spurred my interest in art almost more so than than art itself and uh, going from going forward from that type I've just uh, I've been super interested in a lot of different practices and a lot of different uh, things surrounding that that field philosophy of art it covers a lot of things that are unspoken are things that are almost ethereal are things that are non-tangible because it's all conceptual most of it when when, when you're studying those books uh, it might be complex and very abstract thinking very very much so and i mean i'm going to be you know full disclosure in a lot of cases you're going to read something and you're going to have to mull it over a few times and go through it very carefully and that's definitely been the case with me uh, in many situations where not everything is clicked all at once ever and that's just sort of the reality of it and um, it's something that's very interesting to think through something i enjoy thinking through and i think when you start to sort of uh, grasp a handle on what what a lot of these authors and what a lot of these critics and theorists are saying uh, when that does start to click uh, it really changes the way you think about art practices and visual culture and cultural cultural studies as a whole and uh, i think that's you know i think it's such an important thing to to be aware of when you're when what you're doing those studies authors did you read that what's important for you and and brought that curiosity for you to just get more immersed into it the initial authors i reading were kind of like the classical uh philosophy of, philosophy of art uh writers so writers like clive bell R.G. Collingwood was another one, uh, Arthur Danto. So I think that was one that was really, uh, really important to me, sort of like an institutional theory of art, looking at why certain objects can be uh, sort of ascend to these, these, uh, these um, to be called art when really, you know, they're everyday objects and what, what, what differentiates, uh, you know, this box from a, from a Brillo box or something for that example. And that, that question is really what uh, spurred my interest um, in, in, in art studies. And uh, I've, I've just been really interested in that ever since. Um, more recently, um, probably authors like, uh, like Hito Steyerl is probably someone who I've been reading most in the last couple of years. I think her, um, she has a very, very interesting way of, of seeing visual culture as a whole, a very critical gaze. Um, and she's very, uh, very clear, um, very precise in her sort of, I guess I would say uh, 
sort of like looking at the the existence of objects, the existence of images, not just a, a, not just a content based analysis, but very very contextually. And um, what would yeah. you say if somebody you mentioned the Brillo box? I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, Uh, there was an exhibition here that came from um, what's the name of the art artist? I just forgot his name. It was in Regina a couple of years ago, and the Brillo boxes were there. Uh, Andy Warhol. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Warhol, yeah. Of course. Uh, and did you go? Did you have an opportunity to see those objects? That well, you went to New York, so yeah, I, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen some 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 of the work for sure. Yeah. So what is the difference between because most of most of what we learn in in these books and the context of the conversation in these books, it our references is, is totally different than than when it when you see the object in person. It, for sure. It's, it's like when we talk about art, we talk about a piece of work. And you never saw it, but everybody knows it. Like mm -hmm. those Warhol is very popular on that. So it's good that you mentioned the Brillo boxes because it creates a lot of controversy and it changed the, how we see art today. So what was your experience when you saw those real boxes? Um, well, I, I didn't actually see the Brillo boxes, but I, I was thinking sort of more more generally like found object work or work, works that are in, in, in a similar vein. Um, but it is a very interesting a uh, very interesting experience because I know like for example if you're going to see uh certain paintings or or sculptural works or something when you see them in person it is a very a very different effect they can have a very different effect and you see them differently and sort of changes the way you may think about that work or that artist but when you when you do confront these found objects it is this sort of odd thing where it's exactly what you thought you were going to find it's uh you know it's a great you know um, it's a wonderful experience You get to see these objects. You know, it's uh, important important pieces of, of art history, and you know their their significance and their context. But they are found objects, and that's what makes it so interesting. And it's this uh, this strange sort of um, funny funny situation where you are going halfway across you know the continent to go see a urinal on its back, and it, that's really the reality of what you're seeing. But that's what you know, that's part of what makes it so humorous and so satirical and so uh, so great. And there's more than one. Exactly. Yeah. I, saw one I mean, it's a Spain. replica. Yeah. Yes, I saw one in Spain and and I saw one uh, in 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 Ontario here in the in the National Museum. And it's interesting because you think of most of the reference that most people have are paintings, and there's just mm -hmm. one of yes. a kind, or or a reference of that one in made by different artists, like the like the naked women that are laying like Goya for and, sure, and, for sure. and many along the history of art. But then you have some of those uh, constructed differently in modern art mm -hmm. with using those same subjects and some 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 of those same topics, you know, and and it makes you change and see art a little bit different. Definitely, definitely. So I have a question for you because you're there's a lot of people that uh, don't understand what is art everybody has an idea of what is art and what is not art what right. would you say based on your experience uh, uh, i'm pretty sure that you needed to do a paper on that topic. I, i've probably talked about that a few times <laughs> wrote about that a few times um you know the more you i feel like the more i maybe initially when i was thinking about this question very you know starting to think about it a little more in depthly I did start to maybe formulate ideas about what I thought. Yes, this is art, or this is not art, and try to classify. But the more the more you do, and the more you see, the more you think about it. Almost, it becomes more difficult, and it's just sort of, uh, it's it's such a great question to think about because I don't think it can. I I know it will never fully be answered. Um, 
And uh, for me, I mean, it's something that in a strange way, I think there has to be some sort of, you know, some conceptual element to it uh, to a varying degree. I, I'm always drawn to something that has some sort of aesthetic resonance with me or some sort of aesthetic interest. And that could, that could be something very minimal. It could be a white square that I find aesthetically interesting. It could be um, a found object. I don't think it necessarily has to come from a, a very formulaic or something that's uh, uh, very formally aesthetically pleasing. But I think if it's something that is actually, you know, when you visually see it, it's something that intrigues you or something that uh, draws you in. It doesn't really matter what that that object is, and when you you know start to think about the conceptual uh, context behind it, then you know you start to maybe get to the core of what's going on. And I don't know if that really answers the question, but that's kind of what that's what that was that's what goes on for me. So, yeah. So then, yeah. if if you're if you go to a gallery and let's say you create an X or Y show, and we're gonna get more into what are the qualities of or characteristic a good curator should have. And perhaps this shouldn't be a question that I ask you because you're starting, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, there's some parameters there, but before going there, if you let's hypothetically, you go to and created a show in a gallery and then people don't know that you're the curator and you're exercising to go and see the exhibition all mounted. And then you just see people coming in. And of course you like modern art yes. and, and more contemporary works that are conceptually interesting. Hmm. For most people, that won't resonate because they don't have the background or the education or the understanding or just uh, the understanding that aesthetics could be right, different yeah. for everybody. If would have you put yourself in that position that other people come and talk about, uh, oh, I don't like it. This is this is not art. This is art. What what would you respond to them? Um, I think in those situations you have to. I mean, I, I accept everybody's opinion in that in, in that particular situation. I I recognize that when I'm looking at something like that, I'm become coming from a, a background of knowledge in that that field. When I see something, I understand uh, where it's coming from. But we all interact with those those things differently. So I mean, part of it is uh, trying to provide context and understanding for for what is going on. And I mean, I I would never take it personally if somebody did or did not like something, and I think it's uh, it's completely fair for someone not to to like it. And I think that's part of what makes it so interesting is that um, we don't have to be upset when somebody doesn't understand uh, minimalist work or somebody doesn't understand found object. Um, that's part of why that work is so interesting is because it 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 really is hard to. Um, to really uh, explain it in a lot of in a lot of ways without a sort of a strong historical background and um, so it's I, a very ambiguous uh, place yes in exactly a, in a sense yeah, yeah it is a very ambiguous space and I think that's where why there's so many possibilities with it and so much uh, space for open conversation about it um, because there you know people may or may not understand it may understand it and not like it that's all those are completely completely fair critiques and I understand sort of the ridiculousness of it at the same time you know you can be interested in it and know lots about it but you still have to be able to remove yourself from that situation a little bit and realize that a lot of times you are just looking at you know a white cube or a found object and um, I think that's what you know you have to have that perspective and it's uh, it's very important. And uh, what are the qualities or characteristics that uh, you think a curator should have or or what are the things that the skills that you learn that will make you a good creator? 
that is a tough question. <laughs> um, for, from my uh, very, very um, small experience in that, in that field, um, I would say that good, good curating is something where you can um, find a way to engage people on a number of different levels. So whether it's somebody who is very, uh, very well versed in the field of art, um, you have to find a way to engage them, whether, you know, through uh, opening up different contexts, different frameworks for understanding the art, showing something that's, uh, that they never thought of in a certain way, the way you pair things, the way you frame things, the way you group things, uh, that has to be uh, stimulating to someone who is very, very expert. And you have to find ways to stimulate people who uh, may or may not have a, a great interest in, in art in general, um, so that when people are seeing these exhibitions, there's multiple, multiple entry points. It's not just a very high entry point, a very low entry point where someone, you know, is not going to be challenged. So um, I guess challenging people who have different backgrounds, have different uh, levels of experience. And um, and how do you challenge them? That's a, uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think... If you were about to create a show uh, tomorrow and, and I said, Cole, I want you to have this space and okay. I want to pay you to create a... An exhibition on X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. subject matter. Let's say mathematics, okay. but I want you to curate X, y, something okay. that uh, fine artists and present an exhibition that talks about mathematics. Because I have this sponsor that is going to pay your curatorial fees and it's also mm -hmm. going to pay the gallery because this is a, this is how it <laughs> operates. Eh? Right, and right, just making right. a scenario for yes, so people scenario, understand. Yeah. So then. That might be a challenge because that's not your expert in, in our history, well, exactly. but you, you are educated and you will be trained to be a, a, a curator. So how would you approach something like that when it's a subject matter that you're not familiar and you need to do a lot of research? Well, I think like as a curator, your, your initial role is to become versed in it in a way, right? You have to, you have to find, find some entry point into any sort of in subject matter that you're working with. So if it is mathematics, I... I mean, not to maybe this is obvious, but maybe you, you know you go through and you know, figure out what's going on in mathematics or contemporary mathematics. Um, maybe look over, you know, look for crossover where artists are working with those ideas because, you know, maybe interdisciplinary artists that are working with in both mathematics and visual arts and um, sort of maybe verse yourself in that in that world first. And then once you do that, once you yourself have a better understanding of what's going on, and maybe you're consulting people uh, who are who are experts or study that type of art practice or mathematics and you're, you're bringing in influence from a number of different areas. Um, I think at that point you have to, you know, find something that's going to challenge, challenge people, uh, who are, or who are well-versed in the field. So maybe that's like something, um, maybe, a, an art practice that they had never seen, uh, something aesthetically very different. Um, maybe a combination of artists they've never seen or, uh, or a project that's just sort of, you know, it, that's may maybe a little more challenging, but then um, also providing some sort of context so people who may not um, be familiar with that or be familiar with um, contemporary or challenging art practices can still find a way to engage with that show. Um, so maybe that is, you know, providing context or, yeah. And you mentioned you yeah, mentioned a, a word a couple of times, and and I would like to go back to that word. And and it's when you just mentioned uh, con contextualized, right? Uh, 
can you just give us a little bit of uh, a more concrete example of how can you con contextualize something? Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess we can return to even our earlier examples of, of found X, objects or, X, or, or yeah, X, Y, Z, right? So we'll stick with that. Um, so maybe uh, if I'm first approaching something and I'm only engaging with it visually, maybe it is some, I, I'm not sure what kind of visual would come out of a mathematics-based art show, I'm not sure. But um, when we first are engaging with this, this work, we may not... Uh, we may not initially know what's going on or know the you know the underlying reason for why this why the work was created so in providing context um, maybe it's something about the artist's practice maybe it's something about the artist's history maybe it's something about the work's place in art history uh, what sort of outside influences are affecting it is there something going on politically economically you know religiously geographically that's influencing this work and if you find ways to uh, make that information available to people in that in in that same that same move you're also making the work more accessible so i think it's maybe not always just having a you know didactic or making a pamphlet available maybe it's uh you know maybe disseminating in information through a website or making something you know having audio stuff available I, i'm not sure sorry but uh it's just making it so that the art has some sort of foundation for people to understand it with. So a curator, it's it's a term that uh, nowadays is being overused and anybody <laughs> create closets, anybody could create furniture. It's but the origins of the term it's it's related to the arts, uh, mm -hmm. all the arts world. And now everybody's a curator. Um, what do you have to say about that? What What is your opinion in regards to that? Do you think the word is being overused that diminished the work of a of, of a creator of, of his original uh, function uh, in society? I mean, yeah, that's a very good question. That's uh, something in the last last couple of years that's been discussed a lot. I I really I don't think it does because I think it's it's in that you know I think that in a lot of ways curating has really followed art if you look at the history of art and then look at the history of curating becoming sort of from a technical practice to a more discursive practice where curators are talking about what curating is and you know what is the what is the nature of your profession as opposed to just focusing on caring uh, caring for a, a a collection of of work right so and i think that's sort of the natural progression so same with the arts what is an artist what is an artist someone who can just take a found object and put status upon it and now it's you know it's an artwork so the same thing is kind of happening with curating right you have people that you know they curate playlists they curate closets curate shoe collections whatever whatever it may be and that's sort of the natural progression of that of that word right where you sort of um it starts to take on a much broader sort of expanded meaning and i don't think that necessarily diminishes the um you know the, the artistic curatorial practice i think it actually in some ways challenges it to be more specific or be more um, precise in what it's trying to do in a gallery space. And um, I think that conversation, right, when somebody can say, well, curating is also this, or curating also, you know, can bring in all these different uh, ways that people curate. I think, it, uh, I think it challenges the art world. I think it challenges curators. And I think it's a very interesting conversation. And I like that kind of friction that it creates. I, I, I enjoy that friction. You know, and, um, I think to 
be insulted or something that this would be curating and you know how could somebody think this is curating no it's a it's, it's a it's an interesting conversation and i i enjoy that and, do you uh, think that every yeah. person is an artist that that's a that's a difficult question as well i would i'd have to say no just like probably not every person is a, you know a curator or anything but um i think that there are multiple many entry points to becoming an artist or you know having a practice and i think it's i you know i think it just needs i think it needs to be thinking thought of in a more broad broad sort of way right that's how we categorize an artist and i think that's something that's uh that's happening right now like it's really interesting where you see a lot of interdisciplinary practices where you know people can be doing almost for example doing geography and converting it into an artistic practice when uh you know a lot of it's it's there's a lot of yeah a tough question tough question yes it is <laughs> yeah. uh, but but it's 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 one that is very contemporary because very. uh i'm a little bit older than you you're a yeah. little bit younger than me yes yeah. <laughs> i should say that okay <laughs> because i'm still young uh, but what i'm saying is that in my time when i went to school mm -hmm. the conversations about cura curating and i have seen it's beautiful to see the evolution that now is it's, it's open like i i i feel comfortable to call you a curator because that's mm -hmm. what you want to be that's what you want to become that's what you're interested that's that's what you just uh, feel like is going to be part of your life right but you can change that as well and it's okay but in my older times when i was into school a curator is a curator you study to be a curator you mm -hmm. need to to do a lot of curatorial and be under a curator mm -hmm. for many years being on an institution now you could be an in independent curator and then you don't need to have a lot of experience you can right. also curate things that Uh, of artists that, as you mentioned, that are a one-time artist too, because right, yeah. it's, it's, it's the context and what you want to just create as a curator. But there's, there's some difference. So I like that, what you say, that it's, it's challenging all mm. those older notions of, of how we see things. Definitely, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that has to be, I think that has to happen. I think it's necessary. I think, you know, if anything wants to, If things are gonna, you know, things change and evolve, and they have to be challenged, and there has to be friction, and I think it's a great thing. So you use the word a lot, contemporary. D do I? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. <laughs> I want to just, uh, I just want you to just give us a, a framework for uh, sort of what do you refer when you say contemporary, because you have used it in a couple of different contexts here. Um, when I when I'm using the word contemporary, I'm thinking of artists that are practicing now or have. Um, have, have probably from the 70s onwards, I guess, to give a date, but practices that are still sort of evolving or producing producing new work. I also use it in a way, if I'm not sure how to categorize something that's new, I'll call it contemporary because it's such a fragmented term and it makes it easy on me, so I like that. Oh, okay, <laughs> so it's it's a word for the people that don't understand because there's, there's uh, listeners that are not artists and right. they said everything contemporary, what's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Because contemporary was in the 70s and they heard that and then contemporary, right, yeah. how could it be when there were so many periods of art that were classified differently? And, right. uh, and it's very interesting because contemporary, What does that mean? And what does that doesn't mean? Right, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult because, I mean, if somebody is, for example, has a very classically trained painting practice and is producing work now, it's still a contemporary practice, right? Even though it might... Be traditional. Of, yeah, it'd be traditional, right? So it, it does become sort of a gray area, but somebody could have a very challenging and very... 
different practice and you know we consider that contemporary as well so it's a it's a really it's an umbrella term for everything that's happening right now but everything that's happening right now is very complex and very fragmented and hard to define so well because we are making the story as as we go exactly like, yeah. i'm pretty sure that uh, unless we create a manifesto um mm -hmm. And, and we said, this is where the direction that this group is going to go, like the Dada did mm -hmm. and some other movements that they were conscious in the ruptures that they want to do at, make at the time. And then they created a whole system, right. even though it was small, it was short, it, it was a breakage from past to present. Exactly. And they were conscious at the time that they did it. There's no movement today that is like that. I no, see. not quite, for sure. Would you agree with me on that? Um... I I want to agree. I feel like someone will have an example to counter that, but I, I feel like that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good you know a pretty good description of what's happening now. You have a lot a very you know it's a very diverse diverse field, and obviously there are artists who are work have similar practices or who are working together and you know that sort of thing. But it's not necessarily a movement. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know that can be that can be good too. It opens things up for what is, you know, what can, what can be produced. Did you make art? Uh, I, I I can't say I have a very strong studio of practice. No, it's uh, I, I'm I'm not much of an artist. I I will admit fully to that. So yes. <laughs> yeah, but again, I I would love to curate a show of curators. Yeah, it, making uh, art. Yeah. That would be very interesting because, you know, if, if you go to the premise and that's exclusive, that's mine. I yeah. trademark it. Yeah. <laughs> just in case somebody hear it, just hire me to do it. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, I do have, you know, some things I've made, but it's, you know, I don't. Uh, but do we need to make something? Good question. I, I would say no. I would say I, no. But I yeah, would yeah, agree with yeah. you on that uh, because we are creating all the time, yeah. no matter if it's an object or it's not an object or it's an idea like I just did. Right. And right. that's what I made the statement because, you know. I created just that moment, you know, right, right. where I just say that idea, I think it's, it's, it's very uh, new, you mm -hmm. know, for sure. Una, an artist just taking the place of a curator and the creator taking the place of an artist. And yeah. this is how does those dynamics go. And yeah. that would be a very interesting uh, exhibition arts board. Let's go yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's an interesting one as well, because I mean, so many you know, lots of times it's curator as artist or artist as curator already. So it's already a very, you know, very blurred, blurred definition. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're almost uh, at the end of the interview. Time flies when you are listening to On Frame Radio and you have uh, interesting guests. But I would like to ask you if you have anything else that you wanted to add to or comment about your practice as a curator, you're going to be graduating pretty soon. What are the directions that you want to go? Well, is that sort of more professionally or professionally yeah. or, or, or personal too? Like what is what what are the things that uh, you see yourself after graduation doing for, for myself? Like from a professional, I see myself doing, you know, furthering my education, uh, doing some writing, doing hopefully doing some curatorial practice, being uh, involved with you know, different arts institutions and trying to establish myself in in some sort of some sort of way through through those practices so down the road hopefully hopefully I can you know, carry on with that pursuit and that's 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 about as far as ahead as I'm looking right now so <laughs> well thank you for coming to on frame radio well, that's great thank you it's, it's been wonderful to have this conversation with you great thanks thanks a lot for having me
You were listening to On Frame Radio, conversations about art in Saskatoon on CFCR 93.5 FM or streaming live around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Or if you're interested, you can listen to past episodes on iTunes. On Frame Radio, this is your host Alejandro, and have a great evening.